Well, have you ever used something the wrong way? Like maybe you didn't know how to use it or didn't know what it was intended for. You kind of missed out on the full purpose of, of that you know, item that you had. I think we've, we've all done that. I know I've done it many times in my own life. I'm just thankful none of those times were ever caught on camera like some people I found online that we're all now going to laugh at. So it might take a few seconds to kind of get what's going on in the pictures, but, but here's the first one. Uh, I want you to take a look at this first picture here. I'm not sure you're going to see very much with the caps still on the end of the binoculars, which by the way, ironically, these are the kind of binoculars most Bronco fans wish they had this last year. Am I right or am I right? Yeah, even Bronco fans say amen to that one, although you're going to get a new coach and that's going to be awesome for you. I, I can't even explain this, this, this next one. I don't even know how to explain this next one. When they said, just pull the boat in the water, I think they meant reversing it into the water. I'm not sure. It might have been this guy's first time with his boat out on the water, but that right there is, is tragic. The next picture is kind of grainy. This guy has a metal grinder, and for a mask, he wrapped his face in saran wrap. Like flying sparks are the least of your worries, bro. Here's, here's the last one. might take a while. Wait for it. Wait for it. I don't know how the bike got stolen, Mom. I used the lock you gave me. If you haven't caught it yet, you just lift it over the bar that it's uh, locked onto. All of those people are gonna miss out on the full purpose of those items, those experiences they are in. Now, it's, it's one thing to miss out on the purpose of a, of a product. It's another thing altogether if you miss out on the purpose of life. And that's actually what I wanna to talk to us about today is the purpose of life as we kick off this new year. If you're new here, my name is Jeff Manis. I am the lead pastor here. And I'm so thankful that, that you and everyone who is here has chosen to be with us today. That includes anybody who's joining us on video or in one of our video services later on today. You might be thinking, I've bitten off more than I can chew talking about the purpose of life. We all know that there are many people who have, who have given hours of their life in pursuit of the, the purpose or meaning of life. Life, but I actually don't think it's, it's quite as difficult as we've made it out to be. Uh, we're starting a sermon series today called 19. It's based on Psalm chapter 19 in the Bible. At the start of every year, there are many people, many of us in the room, who are looking for a theme, a word, a motivation to inspire our lives. And, and as a church, I just thought, heading into the new year, what if we took one chapter of the Bible and made that our motivation for the year? And so here we are. Psalm chapter 19, in it, we are given some incredible insight and inspiration that I think will help motivate our lives in the new year. And it all starts with the purpose of life. Uh, everyone, I think all of us want to get the most out of life, right? We all want the most out of life. I don't, I don't think any of us want to experience less than the best that this life has to offer. That's why at the start of a new year, in order to kind of make our lives better, many of us, we set goals, establish plans, dream dreams for the future. There's nothing wrong with that. Those are all great things to do. I just think all those dreams, those goals, those plans should be done under the umbrella of the purpose of life. And here's why. It's our big idea for today. It's on the screens if you want to write it down. To get the most out of this life, I need to know the purpose of this life. That if I want to get the most out of life, which I think we do, then I have to know the purpose of 
this life. And when I, when I talk about, when I, when I say purpose, I'm talking about more than just your unique or specific purpose that God has, has given you. We'll actually get into that a little bit later on in the series. I'm talking about the purpose of life for everyone, the general purpose of life. Even if you're here today and you don't consider yourself a believer, you're not a, you're not a follower of Christ, what we're talking about today is your purpose for life as well. Now, you don't have to, to choose to live in that purpose, and that's your choice to make. Uh, our love for you is not determined on whether you live in God's purpose for your life or not. We all have to make that, that decision. So if knowing the purpose to this life is the key to getting the most out of this life, then we have to answer this big question today. What is the purpose of life? What is the purpose of this life? The main scripture is Psalm chapter 19, verses one through four. So if you got a hard copy of a Bible and you wanna follow along, it's about halfway through. Psalm is in the Old Testament portion of the Bible, about halfway through your Bible. If not, all the verses will be on the screens here today. And if you don't own your own Bible, we'd love to start off the new year by giving you one. You can ask for a Bible out at guest services. The Next Steps wall in the lobby will get you a Bible free of charge. In the opening part of Psalm 19 that we're in here, King David, who God used to write this, this psalm, King David uses nature to describe the purpose of life. Now, I'll be the first one to admit, as you'll see as we read it, David never says, this is the purpose of life. But as we read through this, as we walk through it, I hope that you'll see the correlation between nature and ourselves when it comes to our purpose in life. Psalm 19, we're going to start in verse 1 and just read the first two verses, says this. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. Everyone say glory. glory. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. Isn't that awesome? Those are great verses. So it shows me the very first purpose of life, number one is this, to proclaim the glory of God to proclaim the glory of God. Have you ever walked outside at night, especially if you're outside of the city lights and just looked up in the sky to see the millions and millions and millions of stars? Or have you ever stood at the, at the, at the foot of, of a, a mountain range cascading up or, or on the edge of the sea or maybe up in an airplane above the cloud you see for miles and miles and miles? Or my favorite thing, have you ever seen a sunset or a sunrise where the sun was just literally beaming off of all the clouds exploding in color? Like, and, and have you ever done that and then just marveled at how great our God is? That's this verse. That's what this is, is talking about. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Each night, the stars come out proclaiming the glory of God. Each day, the sun and the clouds radiate the glory of God. All day long, the mountains and the hills, all of creation proclaims and praises the glory of God. They actually can't help it. It's just what they do. It just happens. It's their purpose. In Isaiah, in the Old Testament, Isaiah 55, 12, as I was studying for this 
message looking for other verses about creation, speaking praises, I found this one. The mountains and hills will burst into song and the trees of the field will clap their hands. That made me laugh, by the way, and here's why. How can a tree clap their hands? When does it clap? When the wind blows, right? When the wind blows. I don't know if you noticed, but the wind blows a lot around here, right? So I thought this was funny to me because it might help change our perspective a bit. That every time the wind blows and the trees begin to make their noise, they are literally clapping their hands in praise to God. Is that not awesome? They're clapping their hands. So the next time the wind blows, which would be about five minutes, (laughs) and you see the trees making their noise, they are literally living out their purpose speaking, proclaiming the glory of God. Romans 1, verse 20 in the New Testament, God, through a man named Paul, writes this about creation, says this, for ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, or in other words, through nature, we see the glory of God. So, Man, we, they have no excuse for not knowing God. That last line, we're not even gonna get into. What I'm showing here is all of creation points to and proclaims the glory of God. So get ready, it's about to get personal. Doesn't that mean that we too should proclaim the glory of God? If nature does it without thinking and we actually have the cognitive nature of seeing who God is, should we not proclaim the glory of God? Romans 11, in the same book, Romans 11, 36, God through Paul says this, for everything, and I'm pretty sure that includes us, for everything comes from him, that's God, and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever, amen. The key word in that verse is intended. Everything is intended for the glory of God and is made or comes from him. So so unlike nature, God in his love In fact, I think one of the greatest displays of God's love outside of the cross where he paid the price for our sins, one of the greatest displays of his love is giving us a choice. It's called free will. So unlike nature, we have a choice to proclaim the glory of God or not. This is why I think so many people, sometimes even Christian people, never feel like they are living in or experiencing the fullness of what this life has to offer because they are not doing what God intended for them to do, which was to bring him glory. So think about your own life, the words I say, the things I do, the places I go, the activities I participate in, how I use the resources God gave me, the way I use the time that he has allotted me. Does does that proclaim the glory of God? Am I proclaiming the glory of God with my life, it's what I'm intended to do. In the mid 1600s, 
a group of theologians gathered together to put together what was called a catechism. A catechism basically is a, is a statement of belief to help other Christians, many of them who couldn't read for themselves, to help them develop their own theology about themselves and about God and how we relate to him. In the Westminster Catechism, made in the mid-1600s, the very, one of the very first things they taught Christians about our life is this, it's on the screens. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. The chief end of man, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. I would add, the only way I will truly enjoy God in this life is if I proclaim the glory of God with my life. Why? Why? Because to get the most out of this life, I need to know the purpose of this life. And the very first part of the purpose of this life is to proclaim the glory of God. Nature just does it. We get a choice, and the choice is yours on whether you will do that or not. Verse three of Psalm 19 then says this, they, meaning nature, they speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. So the heavens, the skies, the stars, the mountains, the trees, they don't proclaim the glory of God by what they say, they have no mouth. They proclaim it by what they show, and it starts there for us as well. So the second part of the purpose of life is this, number two, to produce good works for God. To proclaim the glory of God and then to produce good works for God. Or in other words, to show God's glory. To show it. Now, those two words, good works, have created more controversy among Christians over the years than perhaps anything else in our theology. Anytime someone says good works, especially a pastor from the pulpit, there are certain people who immediately cringe and they cry, no, that's legalism. We're not saved by works, we're saved by grace, which is absolutely true, okay? The only way we are saved, the only way we are forgiven is by God's grace alone, through faith alone in Jesus, our sacrifice. That's why we call it the gospel. Gospel, if you don't know, means good news. The good news is we could do nothing to save ourselves. Therefore, Jesus did everything to save us. That's the good news, right? In its most simplest form, you've heard me use this if you're a part of our church, in its most simplest form, the gospel is this, that Jesus was God in the flesh. He came as one of us. He modeled a perfect life for us. He died because of us, paying the penalty for our sins. Three days later, he rose victorious so that any one of us, by faith in Jesus, could be forgiven of our sins, given a new life today, power to live our lives for him every day, and eternal life with him in heaven one day. That's the good news in its most simplest form, in its most purest form. So... Good works do not produce salvation, but make no mistake about it. Good works are the intended product of our salvation. It's the result of being saved. And listen, don't take my word for it. Even Jesus said that, okay? Matthew chapter five. 
verses 15 and 16. Jesus is, is teaching. Matthew, one of the 12 apostles, records Jesus saying this. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds, good works, shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Notice, it's our good works for God that leads to other people proclaiming the glory of God. The two go hand in hand. They're, they're equal. People see our works long before they hear our words. In fact, I would say, what we say won't matter unless they see it in what we show. What we say won't matter unless they see it in what we show. Think of, think of it this way. It's, it's the new year. I won't ask for, for a show of hands of who, who's made New Year's goals or resolutions. But in the new year, it's common for people to, to make weight loss goals, financial goals, relational goals, whatever it is. Sabrina and I even sat down before the new year began and we got really intentional on some goals for us and our family this year. I think it's great to do that. So let's just say, let's just pretend that you had a weight loss or a fitness goal for 2019. Both my wife and I, we have some fitness goals that we want to accomplish in 2019. Well, if that was you and you needed help or advice, who would you go to to ask about or who would you listen to about fitness or weight loss goals? It's probably not going to be your cousin who's overweight and his only workout consists of walking to the fridge and back during football season. Can I get a witness, right? Like that's not going to be who you go to. Who will you go to or listen to? It's probably gonna be someone who can show you what their plan did for them. If you have a, a, a financial goal, well, let's say you wanna save some money, get out of debt, maybe actually live on a budget in 2019, which would be great for a lot of us to do. My wife and I made some financial goals for the year. Who are you gonna to go to for financial goals? Who are you gonna to listen to? It's probably not someone who's up to their eyeballs in debt, living paycheck to paycheck with little to no money and savings for emergencies, right? If you're going to that person, please stop, right? Who are you going to go to? You're going to go to someone who can show you financially what their plan, show you what their plan did for them. The same thing is true in every area of our lives, including our spiritual lives. If someone begins to show an interest in God, what it means to, to know him, to be known by him, to, to follow him. If someone feels the Holy Spirit drawing them into a relationship with Jesus and they have questions, who are they going to go to? Who will they listen to about that relationship with God? What it means, what it does, how do I get it? They're only going to go to someone who can show them what their God has done for them. Why would anyone be interested in our God or believe they even need him if our faith in him really has done nothing to affect the way we live? That got personal. Part of the purpose of our salvation, 
Part of the purpose of, of this life is to show other people what God can do in our lives. To produce good works for God. Not in our own effort, but our effort combined with the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us as believers. We should be showing the world just what it is God is capable of doing when you put your faith in him. That actually leads, it's a, it's a partner with the last thing I want us to see today. To get the most out of this life, I need to know the purpose of this life. So what's the purpose of life? I'm gonna, I wanna go, go back and let's read the whole main scripture again today and then we'll look at the last thing. Psalm 19, one through four says this. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. We are to proclaim the glory of God. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. They show it. So we are to produce good works for God. And then verse four, yet, even though they don't have a mouth, yet, the message of nature has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. That's incredible. They can't even speak, yet their words and their message has gone out to all the world. And what is the message of nature? The goodness and greatness and glory of God. So the third part, of the purpose of this life is this. We are to point people to our God. Proclaim the glory of God, produce good works for God, and point people to our God. About a decade ago, a worship leader named Charlie Hall had a song called One Thing. The chorus said, all of life comes down to just one thing. That's to know you, O Jesus, and to make you known or in our words for today, to proclaim the glory of God, produce good works for God, and point people to our God. If you want a good prayer to make kind of a daily prayer for 2019, you could pray this, this prayer every day before you have the door, before you start your day. I would challenge you, don't pray it unless you mean it and intend to live it out. But this is a verbal declaration of our purpose in life. It's on the screens too. And it's just a simple prayer that kind of sums up the message. God, today, in everything I say and everything I show, I will pro proclaim your glory, produce good works, and point people to you. God, today, in everything I say and everything I show, I will proclaim your glory, produce good works, and point people to you. And listen, will we do that perfectly? No, we'll probably mess up in the next 30 minutes, right? We're not gonna do it perfectly. So, so there's gonna be many times we gotta go back to God and ask him for forgiveness for not living in his purpose. And listen, Christians in the room, there, there should be times in our life where we are, we are asking for forgiveness from people in our lives, especially unbelieving people, for not living in the purpose of this life when we walk outside of that purpose. The purpose of this life is to proclaim the glory of God, produce good works for God, and point people to our God. One of the best ways for us as Christians to refocus ourselves on the purpose of life, to recalibrate ourselves on the glory of God is through prayer. And prayer is amplified 
through fasting, okay? Now, fasting freaks people out. Fasting is a spiritual discipline where you temporarily deny yourself of something you need, typically food, for a season in order to seek and pursue God. So if you're fasting from food when you would normally eat or anytime you experience a hunger pain or a craving, you should use that time where you would eat to fill that up uh, with, with prayer and seeking of, of God. There's two primary reasons that someone fasts. The first one is proclamation. That, that in fasting, you're saying, God, you, you are the source of life. You are all I need. And so for a season to proclaim that, that you're the source of life, I'm gonna give up this part of, of my life to, per, to pursue you. It's proclamation. I'm just fasting to say, God, you are the source of life. The other reason to fast is petition, to ask God for something, for provision, protection, direction for something in life, for power to face something in life. And you use a fast to petition God, to seek him on behalf of something in your life. So whether it's proclamation or whether it's petition, the end goal of fasting, please hear this. The end goal of fasting is not to get from God what we want. The end goal of fasting is to get from God what he wants for us, which is more of himself. That's the goal of fasting, okay? With that in mind, as we kick off 2019 to recalibrate ourselves on the purpose of life and to petition God for some specific things that I'll tell you about here in a moment, I wanna call us to a, as a church to a 19-day fast together as a church. Now, you don't have to do this. You are not a better Christian if you do fast. You are not a worse Christian if you don't do this fast. But starting on Tuesday, January 15th, so not this Tuesday, but the following, Tuesday, January 15th, we will start a 19-day fast. We will break the fast on Sunday, February 3rd, okay? So those 19 days in between there, you stop eating on the 15th, you start eating on, on the 3rd. I'm challenging, if you're gonna participate, I'm challenging you to make this a food fast of some kind. So it's not necessarily eliminating all food and only drinking water. If you do that, you might seriously wanna consult your doctor before you do that, because it's a super big deal. But maybe you give up a, a certain kind of food that you lean on or crave more often than than others to replace that with God. Or maybe a certain number of meals per day you give up in those 19 days. My wife and I, we are gonna be doing a Daniel fast and we'll provide some information about what that is. If you wanna do a Daniel fast, it's, it's just limiting the kinds of foods that you eat uh, to line up with the kinds of foods that Daniel ate in the book of Daniel when he uh, asked the king to only eat certain kinds of food. We are providing online on our Facebook page. I believe it'll go up today. And then on my blog at jeffmanis.com this week, we're providing a fasting guide. So if you want some tips, you know, help, do's and don'ts on fasting, that guide will be up online for you. Together as a church for 19 days, I want us to focus on those two things I mentioned. Proclamation. God, you are the source and provider of life, and we're just declaring that. We want to give you glory. And then petition. And the petition I'm asking our church to focus on, you can do your own personal stuff as well, but as a church, I want us to focus on the sermon series that we will be starting on Sunday, February 3rd, called Grace and Truth. 
the majority of our small groups, if you were here earlier for announcements, you heard as well, will also be doing a study that goes right along with that sermon series called Grace Truth. The books are already available. You'll need a book for the series, already available out at the Element Store. If you literally can't afford one, talk to us, we'll help you out. But I highly encourage everyone that calls Element Church home to get into one of those Grace Truth small groups. Sign up today. There's a bunch of groups. My wife and I are in one. All of our staff will be in one as well. It's going to be phenomenal. Grace and Truth, okay, will be a 10-week small group study And then that study is born out of the four-week sermon series we are doing. And that whole sermon series, all four weeks, is built around the conversation of faith, gender, and sexuality. And I'm telling you, church, there is not a more relevant and important conversation for the church to have right now than the ones over gender and sexuality and how our faith plays into that. We need to talk about it, okay? And here's why we need to pray, okay? We gotta petition God for some help. Because the opinions that surround this conversation, even in our own church, are vast, okay? The emotions this subject carries, the the pain and scars and baggage that this subject has created, they are many and they are strong, okay? Specifically, we are going to be talking about how the church should respond to LGBT people. We're going to ground ourselves in what the scripture says about gender and sexuality, and we're also going to teach on what we believe scripture means about that. And listen, this is so much more than the church being right about what we believe. We need to be right in how we respond to people. Our response, what we show matters more than what we say first. What we say matters, but what we show is where we start. That's the main focus of of the series. In the series, we will have one full week, one Sunday, where the entire sermon's about gender identity. We're gonna have one full week on sexual identity. The very last Sunday of the series, we're gonna talk about how all of us, whether we are gay or straight, all of us are broken people beloved by the Father. Broken but beloved, okay? We're gonna have then at the end of the series a special Monday night open forum Q&A right here at the church, here in the auditorium. We are actually bringing in some experts, if you will, people who teach on this for a living that will help us answer questions about faith, gender, and sexuality. I believe this is an incredibly important subject, an incredibly important series for our church, but listen, it is incredibly sensitive as well, and we need God's help with this series. We need it, okay? If you're here If you're watching online, if you're watching in a video service, if you're here, you're watching and you are gay. If you're here and you are gay. Which, listen, I'm gonna start laying the groundwork now. (laughs) Gay does not always mean action. Gay sometimes just means attraction. There are many, many gay people who actually read the scripture and their conclusion is God does not affirm of me acting out on this attraction. Therefore, I'm pursuing my relationship in Christ alone and will not pursue another same-sex relationship, okay? So there are many gay people who their conclusion is the Bible does not affirm this, therefore I will not pursue it, 
You need to understand that, okay? If you're here and you are gay, whether it's just an attraction or whether it's also an action for you, first of all, you are so loved. You are loved by your creator and you are loved by this church. You're loved. And one of my biggest fears in this series is causing anybody who is gay or has gay loved ones to feel as if they're being attacked, okay? And I'm gonna say this. I understand how some of the things I believe can feel like an attack, so I get it. But please know, while, while my theology at times might feel like an attack, I can promise you the tone of the series will not be. The tone will be of grace and truth, okay? So we will be addressing what we currently believe about sexuality, but a lot of the series is really gonna help us, the church, learn how to respond to LGBT people. Many of you have gay friends, family, loved ones that you care for deeply, deeply. Whether we end up agreeing, whether we end up agreeing on the same position theologically or not, I believe the posture we are taking in this series and the posture we are going to challenge all Christians to take will be beneficial for all of us, okay? This series, you need to know this, this series is about people, People that Jesus loved so much, he hung on a cross and died for. Okay? It's about people. People that a church should love with a radical grace, but also a relevant truth. The two are married together. Grace is empty without truth, and truth is void without grace. The two go hand in hand. We need God's help. Okay, so as your pastor, I'm asking you, whether you fast or not, would you start praying for this series, please? Because we need your help. I believe the enemy wants to destroy any work in God's church that reaches people. And I believe this series has a potential to help us reach people like never before and in a whole new way. I truly do believe that. And here's the last thing I'll say and then we'll conclude. We are not all going to agree. <laughs> I can promise you that right now. We are not all going to agree. This series will get tense. It will get awkward. It will stretch every single one of us we will not all embrace the same conclusion. But hear me, church, we will embrace one another regardless of what we believe. Even in our disagreements, we will embrace one another. Why? Because an unbelieving world is watching the church. And is there a greater subject or conversation in the world today that the church needs to embrace one another on than this one? Not embrace in belief necessarily, but just embrace one another in love. That would point people to our God. So thanks for hanging in to that awkward ending to a sermon. To bring it back, <laughs> purpose of life, is to proclaim the glory of God, 
produce good works for God and point people to our God. 19-day fast starts on Tuesday, January 15th. Let me pray for you, and then please remain still. I've got a few closing remarks. God, you are so good. Lord, I thank you that you show us in Scripture, through nature, mountains and trees, what the purpose of life is. And they don't even get a choice, but you gave us a choice. So, Lord, I pray we would choose to proclaim your glory, produce good works for you, and I pray people we pointed to you because of how you display yourself through our lives. And, Lord, as we head towards this massive sermon series and small group study, Lord, we need help. We need help. And so we're asking you, God, we proclaim you are the source of life and we are petitioning you to give us the power of your spirit to communicate a very, very difficult subject. Lord, I pray that you would speak volumes to our hearts through that series. Lord, we love you, give you praise in Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today and you have never put your faith in Christ, you wanna to talk to somebody about that good news I mentioned earlier, find me in the lobby, find one of our volunteer staff member or a prayer team member in the back of the auditorium. If you need prayer for anything, stop by that purple tent all the way in the back and a member of our prayer, prayer team will pray for you. If you're new here also, stop by the living room on your way out. I pray this is a good start to 2019. I love you guys. Happy New Year. You're dismissed.